the game is over, the New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it! That's a Jet touchdown! Can't wait! You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. What's up, everybody? The official Jets podcast back in studio. Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen. We're always in Jet studio. Chairs. We're in new director's chairs. Yeah, we are. We got an upgrade in the studio. Yeah, did you know that? Because you got a black vest on and no, black I, pants today. I didn't today. know that. And I we have black cushions on the chairs. That is not a coincidence. Okay. I'm just kidding. It is a coincidence. <laughs> All right, Jets-Bears this Sunday, week eight, the midway point of the NFL regular season are just about there. We spoke to Jeff Dickerson of ESPN. He covers the Bears for ESPN Chicago, I guess it would be. That's correct. Well, I don't just know like Rich Samini is ESPN New York. No, well, he's ESPN New York, or he's ESPN New York.com now. I don't know what the, there's some technicality. Well, there. we better figure Whatever. that out. Okay. Whatever. Je- Jeff's been covering the team for a long time. Always great to talk with. He was he, on the podcast last year. He was not on the podcast. He, we, we, almo- we almost had him for the mock draft back in April. Okay. But we, we, had, to, we had to call an audible there because he was busy at, in Bristol, actually, at ESPN. So it's finally nice to have Jeff on. He had some good insight about the status of Khalil Mack, who is a little bit banged up with an ankle. He's big-time banged up, I would say. And okay, we don't know. Sure. We're not inside the trainer's room. But he played on it. It's not like he, he's been out yeah, for there's weeks a l- and weeks. But there's a lot of guys out there play every Sunday or hobbled a little bit. Just yeah. like I, I would say Isaiah Crowell's been battling that foot ankle uh, issue and it's probably impacted him a little bit. I would definitely agree with that. Especially when you look at Max stats. He had a, a sack in his first four games and then he's tail and then hasn't had one in the past two. Well what I thought was fascinating last week and I didn't see the game, but I did read Jeff Dickerson and I did read a lot of people in Chicago is they deployed Mack and Leonard Floyd in coverage situations a lot against Tom Brady. Now, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't against the Patriots, and they're a very unique offense. But I don't know, if you got a thoroughbred, let them run, man. Yeah, that, that, that seems a little interesting to me, too. Uh, it caught me by surprise because if you have someone that's debatably the best pass rusher in the NFL, you would want him to rush the passer. Yeah, so we're going to have to monitor his injury status throughout the week. But, uh, you know, the Jets hit the midway point. What do you think about the green and white through seven games right now? I think that, like, similar to last season, some up, some down. But I would say that overall things are a little bit better than last year. I think there's a little bit of a different vibe. And may, that could be mainly because of the fact that the Jets have their quarterback of the future and Sam Darnold. And coming into the season, everyone said, with a rookie QB, you're going to ride your highs, you're going to ride your lows. They're both going to exist. Last week against the Viking was a rather low point. The week before against the Colts, a rather high point. Jamal Adams talked about this time last year. The Jets were 3-3 three and three last year, then went to 3-4, and four, and then went to 3-5. and five. Yeah. And he was talking about how he doesn't want to let that happen again and that this team is a little, feels a little bit different. This team is a, a great team. Uh, we have a 53-man roster full of a lot of talent. Let's just put it like that. And and there's there's no we're waiting for for next year a rebuild. There's there's none of that. Um, at the end of the day, I think this team right here can can you know be special. 
a calendar year later, here we are, and the Jets have the same exact record as they did a year ago. The roster is completely different. You're not playing with a 38, 39-year-old quarterback in Josh McCown. This year has a different feel because you do have a 21-year-old signal caller who's leading the show now, and not only now, but the foreseeable future, and it could be for a decade to come. That's what you hope. So uh, are you agreeing with me in that you feel like things are better than they were last year? Well, I think we're going to find out, right? I don't think you can say it. I think the belief is there within the locker room, and you certainly mentioned what Jamal Adams said. Jermaine Curse, who had nine receptions against the Colts but had zero receptions against the Vikings, he said, what are you going to do when adversity strikes? And we say we are a gritty team. Well, we have to be a gritty team. And the Jets, over the last year and a half or so, have struggled on the road. We know that. They open up the season with the win over the Detroit Lions, but uh, it would be really something to go to Chicago, who is, in, I think, a very similar outfit to the Jets, not in terms of personnel, but where they are in terms of their build. They have a young quarterback that they're trying to get to the next level. They've added some pieces around him. Defensively, they've been stout at times this year, and they traded for a superstar in Khalil Mack, but the Jets could catch a break this week with Mack being less than 100%. All right, I have a good question for you after we roll in this Jeff Dickerson interview. So without further ado, here's our chat with Jeff Dickerson. I think it's time to go out to the Windy City to speak to Jeff Dickerson of ESPN. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on the official Jets podcast. Oh, guys, it's uh, my pleasure. Great to be with you. We, we almost had you on for the mock draft, but times didn't align, so now we get you on during the season. So let's talk a little Jets-Bears this Sunday, of course. Is the Bears, are very, I think, are a very interesting team so far throughout the regular season. And obviously the, the big splash move here is Khalil Mack in the beginning of the year. And you see the stats, and you, know, you watch the primetime games, and you see Khalil Mack really being a force, but... What really has Khalil Mack meant to the Chicago Bears defense? Oh, I would say everything. And I think you can look at when he first injured his ankle against Miami two games ago in the first quarter. The Bears defense really hasn't been the same since that point. Uh, He is the heart and soul of that defense because he is such an impact player. I mean, he can not only pressure the quarterback, but he can play the run. You saw him have a pick six in that first game against Green Bay. He's just a tremendous player who I still cannot believe the Raiders traded away to the Bears, but I guess that is what it is. <laughs> but the problem with Khalil Mack, though, guys, is you know the ankle was not right against the Patriots last Sunday. He was only credited with one tackle in that game. He spent most of that game dropping back into pass coverage, which we found so strange and so bizarre. Um, the Bears haven't really given much indication as to what his status is going to be this weekend, uh, but you can rest assured that if that ankle is hurting him and bothering him the same way against the Jets that it did against the Patriots, even though it's you know not Tom Brady back there at quarterback, um, that's going to be a problem for the Bears' defense. When he's not right, just a defense just isn't right. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm wondering, and I, I've read you here uh, – getting uh, my preparation in for the Jets and the Bears this weekend is that 
he dropped a lot along with Leonard Floyd against the Patriots and Tom Brady. And this is a different animal with the Jets. And we know the Jets aren't the caliber of offense that the Patriots have. But with that being said, and you said that Khalil Mack has not been right the last couple of weeks. Is there any possibility you think the team would shut him down for a week or two in order uh, for looking to the long term? It really is a great question. It's a great debate to have as well because the Bears already had their bye week. So there's not a lot of time for Khalil Mack to get that ankle right. I guess is, you know, look, he's likely not going to practice much all If you get to the end of the week and his ankle isn't feeling any better than it did last week, they might have to have that hard conversation about possibly deactivating him for one game just to make sure that he's good to go for the stretch run. Khalil Mack has never missed a game. I can't imagine he wants to start doing that now. But he is so important to this defense in the grand scheme of things that maybe you could sacrifice a week if he's shown no improvement. Maybe another week of rest and recovery and treatment gets him to the point where he feels good enough like he can actually go out there and make more of an impact than he did against the Patriots. We'll see. We'll see what his status is this week if he talks. We couldn't get him in the locker room after the Patriots game. He he pulled the old veteran move or he pulled the stuff out of the locker and said he was going to treatment and just never came back. That's the old veteran move there for the post-game locker room. Yeah. So we haven't spoken to him yet, but obviously uh, he was not happy with his performance. And, yeah, I mean, that ankle was – I mean, he wasn't even 80%. He was, he was 70%, 60%. This did not look healthy playing out there against New England. Hmm. You know, outside of Khalil Mack, though, you know, this Bears defense is highly regarded as one of the best in the league even last year. So outside of Khalil Mack, is what is the strength and the identity of this Bears defense? Well, really, everything – I can't overstate just how much – Max sets the table for everyone else because when he's not applying that pressure, um, the secondary isn't nearly as effective. There really isn't that identity after Khalil Mack. So when he's not able to do the things that he normally does, the entire defense suffers. And I, again, I just think you've seen how they've played the last two weeks without him being at full strength. It, it is concerning. Um, even with the Jets coming up, but then Buffalo the week after. The Bears are one of those teams, guys, that could either win these next two games or lose these next two games. I mean, there, there's no predicting how the Bears are going to fare. It's going to be probably a, a close game, an exciting game. Uh, but without that pressure and those sacks from Mack, just a different defense again. What have your impressions been of first-year head coach Matt Nagy? You know, I like him a lot. I really do. I, I think he is uh, innovative. I mean, he's young. He's got the offensive background I think a lot of teams are looking for now. I feel like people are buying into to what he's selling. Uh, you know, the offense works. It really does. The receivers are open. The quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, is sometimes not finding or seeing the open guy, which is another issue the Bears are facing at the moment. But everything I've seen from Matt Nagy is positive. He's likable. He's a good spokesperson for the organization, which John Fox was not. There's just a whole different vibe and feel with the Bears through six games under Matt Nagy than there were under those three horrific years under John Fox. Schematically, what uh, can the Jets' defense expect? Like you mentioned, Nagy comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree. He likes to take deep shots down the field. Now, again, the holdup has been 
that those routes appear to be open mm. often during games, but the quarterback just isn't seeing the play. That's an issue. And I think that's why you look at Trubisky and you see some really good moments and some not-so-good moments. He's kind of all over the map. But they like to flood the zone. It's a very West Coast style of offense. Um, I think Tariq Cohn is really sort of the guy that, that sets it all up. I think the offense can flow through him more so than Jordan Howard because Tariq Cohn can attack the edges. He can run between the tackles if he has to. He's an effective weapon in the flat, out of the backfield. He can run up the field. So you're going to see a lot of different looks. Um, you've seen personnel groupings this year where Chase Daniels is on the field. Trubisky almost threw a pick last week to Bradley Soul. You've never heard of Bradley Soul, and for good reason. He's a backup offensive lineman that reported as an eligible receiver. And for some reason, Trubisky threw him the ball. So, who knows, right? But, um, I mean, Nagy tries to keep you off balance. He tries to keep you guessing. So I would look for a lot of innovative and creative looks. Some of them do not work, uh, but the Bears do get a lot of points for creativity. It, it, I think it's a good offense. Again, I think you'll see on Sunday – um, I think the plays are going to be there to, to be had for the Bears. The question is, will the quarterback make it happen and not leave big plays on the field? So you mentioned Mitchell Trubisky and some of his problems. Well, one is, can you just talk about some of the other problems that you think that Mitchell Trubisky's been facing this year? And secondly is, on the other side of the spectrum, what are the, some of the things that he's done well so far? Yeah, well, I mean, listen, he is a very good athlete. You'll see that this weekend, um, and if you've seen him, run the ball out of the pocket. He had 81 rushing yards against the Patriots. That was the second most rushing yards ever by a quarterback against the Bill Belichick New England team. We saw the crazy legs Hirsch touchdown against the Patriots. We I saw know. That. that was great. Covered 70 <laughs> yards on that one. And then he had a, a big 39-yard uh, scramble on third down that was huge for the Bears in the second half. He's a great athlete. And the arm is good enough where he can get the ball where it needs to go. Um, he has had moments this year when he's been really locked in. He had six touchdowns against the Buccaneers back in week three. I thought he played really well in the second half against the Dolphins, and in the overtime they lost that game because they turned the ball over multiple times inside the red zone. But, again, I think the dilemma is you've got this good that Trubisky does, but there's also the times where he's not accurate. He missed on 24 pass attempts against the Patriots. That's a lot of misses. We have this stat at ESPN we use called tight window throws. And at one point on Sunday, Trubisky was 0 for 10 with two picks on what we call tight window throws. Oh, that's not good. Um, guys will be open. He'll airmail the ball over their head. So I think it's just a, a product of a byproduct of a guy that did not play a lot in college, played in this archaic offense last year, is learning this new system. There's a lot coming at him, and he's just not where he needs to be right now, I think, with the mental stuff to consistently be an above-average player. He has way above-average talent, but the great ones typically play pretty well week after week. He's not at that point yet. I, I think, there again, there were times against New England that he looked great. There were other times that it left you scratching your head. So I think right now trying to get him more consistent is the Bears' uh, biggest objective. Uh, I have a two-part question here. Part A would be the Bears' rushing offense. Is it solid or is it more of um, you can point to the reason the stats are good is because Trubisky is using his legs so much. And the second part of this is how 
can this Jets defense exploit potential mismatches against the Bears? Yeah, well, I, I think the rushing offense is a concern because I just don't think Jordan Howard fits into what the Bears do anymore on no. offense. He's had a really down year. This is a guy that had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. I mean, I'm not putting, please, when I say this, don't jump out at me, but, like, statistically speaking, what he did over the first two years of his Bears career, only guys like Walter Payton have done better. I mean, he, he really, from a statistical standpoint, has done very well, did very well. But I don't think he's fast enough for this offense. I don't think this offense is big on, you know, the big plotting guy between the tackles with this RPO style. So I just think that, you know, and then plus he had a bad fumble right on the goal line against the Dolphins two weeks ago. That's not going to endear him to Matt Nagy. So I don't think beyond this year he's got much of a future in Chicago. Hmm. So I think the running attack, I, I wouldn't say uh, the stats are misleading. I think it's been pretty disappointing this year. And it really starts with Jordan Howard and, and the Bears' relative um, lack of usage with him. So I, I think that's number one. As far as exploiting mismatches, I mean, I think really what the Jets have to do, honestly, is if you take away Tariq Cohn and you force Trubisky to be accurate with his passes and you force the Bears to give the ball to Jordan Howard, I think that's playing in your favor. Because I don't think Trubisky has shown, except for that Tampa game, which was terrific, that's been kind of an outlier. I don't think Trubisky has shown that he can be accurate with those throws for four quarters. I just talked about the Bears' reluctance to kind of buy in to Jordan Howard this season. So the Jets' defense can absolutely cause the Bears some some problems. Um, the Bears also, I should point out, gave up 14 points on special teams last yeah, year. Yeah. So if, if you throw those out the window, maybe it's a different story against the Patriots. So I don't think the Jets will completely stymie the Bears' offense, but you can absolutely force them into making mistakes, and Trubisky, his decision-making at times this year has been suspect. When the Jets' offense works, they're running the football. How have the Bears been against the rush this year? Not great last week, I'll tell you. Um, well, Sony Michelle got hurt early in that game for the Patriots, and then they still managed to run the ball late in the game and they bled about three and a half minutes off the clock when the Bears knew they were going to run the ball. So the run defense has not been that spectacular. Um, they, aren't, they aren't giving up rushing, many rushing touchdowns or anything. Um, but, but, yeah, I think that's something that is going to have to be watched closely. I think Danny Trevathan is a very good inside linebacker. He's probably their best guy against the run. I'll tell you someone the Bears are waiting for to kind of have a, a big, um, you know, coming out party, even versus the run, is Roquan Smith, their mm-hmm. top ten pick. Very quiet this year. A couple of plays here or there, but nothing like people were saying, well, here's your defensive rookie of the year, blah, blah. He had a great career at Georgia. Hasn't been that great. Remember, he held out all of preseason because of his contract, uh, or almost almost all preseason. Then he got hurt and missed the tail end of the preseason. So he doesn't have a lot to draw upon here yet. He's still kind of green. I think the Jets could probably take advantage of that. But against the run, I would say the Bears are just kind of average. They're better when Khalil Mack's on the field playing against the run. Uh, but last week, uh, their run defense was nothing to get excited about. Okay. Just just going off of EA's question here, so if you're, if you're Jeremy Bates in this Jets offense, I know it's earlier in the week, but how do opponents typically have success against this Bears defense, and what do you envision the Jets might do to exploit the Bears defense, even if Khalil Mack is on the field not 100%? Sure. Well, I mean, I think you got to get the ball quick. I think that's, of course, what Tom Brady does. Um, even Brock Osweiler got the ball out 
relatively quickly against the Bears' defense. It's just, you know, the first four games, I would have said, good luck, you know. I mean, because the first four games for the Bears' defense was outstanding, and you weren't going to do much against them. Mac was healthy. Everyone's healthy. They were second the quarterback on average of 4.5 times per game. That was number one in the NFL. They were taking the ball away, forcing fumbles. But, again, I think this version of the defense, if Mac is not healthy, I think they're – defense that you can you can attack i think you can run on them i think you can hit those quick hitters and you know what you got to do make the bears tackle you in space they've missed a lot of big open field tackles this year big i'm talking about big splash plays versus the dolphins where their safeties eddie jackson adrian amos just weren't making the plays. so it's not this invincible defense that it was earlier this year unless you know they tape up that ankle or do whatever they got to do to get Mac right, and and he's out there just you know dancing on Sam Darnold on Sunday. Then maybe it's a different story. But but if he's not right, I, I do think the Jets can gain some traction there. I certainly can't ask you if this is a must-win for the Bears here as we reach Week Eight. But with that being said, they're three and three. They easily could be four and two, maybe five and one. Uh, when mm-hmm. when you look at what has transpired for them over the season's first six games. How important is this, do you think, Jeff, for them to get this game? Because after this one, you got to think that the Bears have a good shot uh, taking down the uh, Buffalo Bills. Well, I mean, if you're thinking playoffs, which, which by the way, I, I have not predicted playoffs for the Bears this year. I thought they would be around 79, 8-8. I'm standing by that. I just think it's, I think it's too soon uh, for this team that had been dead last in the NFC North for four straight seasons all of a sudden contend for a championship. I, I'm not buying that, but, you know, it is a huge game because what, what's what been lost in all of this, really, for the Bears is that they got off to that 3-1 and one start, and it was a surprise 3-1 and one start. But what happened was the Packers, the Vikings, and the Lions all had these issues early in the year. But by losing these last two games, the Bears have allowed the rest of the NFC North to kind of find their footing. And you look at the standings today, and the Bears are back in last place. <laughs> just because they're 0-1 in, in, in their division and you know they're not having a bad year or anything, but that's that's how quick it can change in the NFL. So I think it's a, a big win for the big game for the Bears if they're really thinking about playoffs, and I think they will probably win. But again, with this team, how up and down they are, nothing would surprise me whatsoever on Sunday. Jeff, uh, last question here for you is. Uh... The Bears' offensive line, how do you think that they've fared so far this season, and do you think that Leonard Williams can cause them some issues up front? No doubt. Uh, I don't think the offensive line has been all that great. I would say very average, very, very average, especially against New England and Miami. Uh, yes, I think Leonard Williams is a, is a tough guy to handle for them, and he will be a tough guy to handle for them. Um, I think uh, Trubisky's scrambling ability has allowed him to get out of some sacks but he's still going down quite a bit, and they're not running the football. So definitely not the best that the Bears need to see from their offensive line to this point. That's, that's saying it lightly. That is Jeff Dickerson of ESPN. Thank you so much, Jeff, for coming on the official Jets podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, at Dickerson ESPN. Jeff, thanks again. We'll see you Sunday. Guys, my pleasure. We'll see you Sunday. Enjoy the game. All right, that was Jeff Dickerson of ESPN Chicago. Again, you can follow him on Twitter, at Dickerson ESPN. So before 
we rolled into that, I said I had a good question for you. So we're not even going to break down Jeff? Go ahead. No, we'll, we'll talk about him in a minute. Okay, but, great. But we're, we, we got time for that. I want to know is what do you think the Jets can prove this Sunday if they come out of Chicago with a win? Nothing. Uh, what Jermaine Curse said they could prove, that they are a gritty team. I think right now they were feeling good about themselves. They take down the Broncos and the Colts and – I thought the effort was there against Minnesota. The execution, execution wasn't. We've seen so far what works, the blueprint for the Jets. They have to run the football. They can't let Darnold throw more than 35 times. Not because he's not talented, just because the way this offense is constituted is you have to have balance. And the Jets did not have balance once again against Minnesota. They need big plays defensively. They played well against Minnesota for large portions of that game, especially early. That was a 10-7 game at halftime. But when you have opportunities to make plays, and they got off the field on third down throughout, but when there's a lateral there in the third quarter, you got to grab the ball. They had a lot of PDs, but they need interceptions. The Jets have to win uh, in the turnover battle. So they have to follow their blueprint. But to me, it would just be another step in a process because this is a young team who just got punched again. Now what are you going to do? It looks a lot different being 500 at the midway point rather than being 3-5. and five. A lot different. And while I would agree with Jeff's assessment that I don't think the Bears are ready to be in the playoffs themselves just yet, this is a team who is in a similar predicament as you. So if you can go in on the road, uh, I think you're taking another step in the process. I, I agree with that. And so just going off of Jeff's assessment is what did you take away from what Jeff said about the Bears and the Jets? Uh, Trubisky. You know, I, I don't think the run game has necessarily been there. I think that uh, Nagy is a very talented coach, and he's going to scheme some things up, and he's going to get his players in positions to make plays. Uh, Trubisky is a guy who he's looking to tuck it a lot. And uh, uh, while he can make plays and he's supremely athletic, uh, I think there will be plays to be made in the defensive backfield against him, and sometimes he is very inaccurate. So you have to see what happens out there on Sunday because they do have weapons. I like Nagy. Uh, defensively, you know, how we keep on talking about Mac, but how can you not? Because Jeff said this defense was excellent. And then the last two weeks it's gone away because the guy is not healthy. I mean, I mean it is. I think it's rare that a team will trade a pretty decent amount of capital for someone like Mac, pay him, and then within the first four weeks – that he's played in his new uniform have fans saying, okay, this guy's worth every penny. Because the first four weeks, he was a one-man wrecking crew. I mean, we, you saw it on display on Sunday Night Football. We were in Detroit. If you watched any part of that game, Khalil Mack almost took over that entire game for the Chicago Yeah, Bears. and I know. Let's let's not hide the fact either that a lot of Jets fans wanted Khalil Mack. But the asking price was up there. Who knows what happened as far as phone calls either way and things like that. We don't know. We're not privy to those conversations. But, uh, you know, uh, Oakland decided to trade him outside the conference to Chicago. And uh, the, the Raiders, just on a little tangent here, 
wow, they're really tearing that baby down. And, they're, <laughs> and he's got yeah. a 10-year contract, Gruden, and he's saying, listen, give me some more ones, give me some more ones. I got five first-rounders over, over the next two years, and I don't necessarily think they're done. No, I, I, that's a... We could have a whole other podcast uh, on discussing what's going on. The Silver and Black podcast. That would be for our man, Chris Gargano, the executive producer. Yeah, I, I here. bet he'd like that. Chats <laughs> 360. But uh, listen, he's a game changer. And, and you can make an argument that he will be the best player on the field on, on Sunday. But again, when, when you're hampered, uh, when you're dealing with an ankle, that explosiveness is not there. And. Uh, interesting game plan see how they come out because Jeff also said they've been average that's what I take away from uh, his answer when I asked him about the run defense or you did they've been average uh, and, and so can the Jets get it going on the ground with whoever's healthy enough to play Bilal Powell's battling the neck Isaiah Crowell has been gutting it out lately and then I like what I saw out of Trenton Cannon so there's a couple young guys offensively that I've been encouraged uh, about lately, and, and the number one is it has to be Chris Herndon. It has to be Chris Herndon. You got to be really happy about him. And then you add Trenton Cannon into the mix, who had a number of receptions, including a long one on the wheel route. And we'll have to see how quickly the Jets can get Richard Matthews up to speed. Yeah, I, that'll be interesting to see what happens there, and just to see what number he chooses. <laughs> oh, look at you! Yeah, I, I'm, the, I'm the numbers guy because Richard Matthews wore 18 in Tennessee and okay. 18. On Sunday was Deontay Burnett, who got called up Saturday when the Jets released Terrell Pryor because of a groin issue. So I'm very curious to see how the numbers game shuffles. Speaking of numbers games, Rashard Matthews was very productive in 2016 and 2017 for the Titans, if you look at his numbers. Whatever happened this year, we don't know. We weren't down in Nashville. He had a few receptions and uh, asked, to be, uh, asked the team to be traded or released. And the Titans released him, and he was on the block for a little bit. And the Jets are dealing with a lot of injuries right now. We keep on talking about it, but Quincy Newman was still on the shelf. And they released Terrell Pryor, who was dealing with that groin issue. So your top two receivers, Robbie Anderson, who got targeted a lot against the Vikings. Jermaine Curse was only targeted a couple times. He didn't have any receptions. But then you moved other guys into duties that we hadn't seen so far before in 2018. Andre Roberts has been primarily used just as a returner. And then, um, obviously, Teron Peak is a special teams ace, but he was out there as well. And then, finally, you mentioned Burnett. So those guys were three, four, five, whatever order you want to put them in. Um, but Richard Matthews adds another guy who's put up some decent numbers in the National Football League. Well, one final thing here before we close out the official Jets podcast. So we're done already, all right. Well, we can keep going. But I, I'm de I definitely want to bring this up is that if you look at, and we, we've talked about this a little bit, but if you look at Chicago and you said that they're similar to what's going on here in New York, or I guess, uh, should I say Florham Park, New Jersey. You could say both. Is that the Bears last offseason – surrounded Mitchell Trubisky with a number of weapons like Taylor Gabriel, who leads the team in receptions and yards. Fast. Allen Robinson, who missed the entirety of 2017. Vertical threat, and he's probably been, and, and Trubisky's probably been missing him down the field because he's been getting a lot of targets lately. I know he's coming back yep. from injury, too. Go and ahead. And Trey Burton, who is, of course, the Philly special hero. 
Okay. He, he, he's one of them. He, he had over 100 yards receiving last week he, against yeah. the New England Patriots. He, he's been uh, one of Mitchell Trubisky's favorite targets as well. So what are the Bears going to do, Greens, after you listen, listen to Jeff Dickerson? Here's my question for you. Is that uh, Jordan Howard, Dickerson doesn't think he's a good fit there. And he got Tariq Cohen. You think Tariq Cohen possibly could get more run against the Jets? I, I would I would assume so. Okay. I think that. I mean, we're, we're recording this Tuesday. The trade deadline is next Tuesday. Whoa, Greens. And maybe he's a name on the block. If, oh. he, if, he, if he doesn't fit the system, why not try to get rid of someone that's had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons and you don't really see him in the future plans for your offense? But, uh, and, I, and the Jets have dealt with a lot on their back end, you know, as far as injuries are concerned. But you asked Jeff about the offensive line, and it just seems like they're kind of middle of the road. So can the Jets get a big performance from their defensive line and the outside linebackers? On yeah, I, I'm interested to see what happens, uh, obviously. But something that just circling back is when the when we were talking about how the Bears have surrounded Mitchell Trubisky with yeah. uh, with weapons. Yep. But you take into account moving forward for the Jets is that they they're going to have a lot of cap room, a lot of financial flexibility in the off season. Maybe they're going to use some of that money to try to beef up this offense. I mean, there's some free agents yep. that the Jets are going to have to deal with on the outside. And is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Bilal a free agent at the end of the year? I don't know. That could be accurate. Uh, but regardless, the Jets could add a couple playmakers. You, you are offense. right. You are right. And, and that that is definitely going to happen. Uh, I, I'm sure that is in the cards because you are going to build this team around your quarterback, and that's Sam Darnold. And like you mentioned before, He's riding the ups and downs right now. And I didn't think he was awful against Minnesota. He just didn't, he didn't play that well. But there are a, a, a wide number of factors uh, pointed to that. And that and weren't just all on Sam Darnold. And that's all we have here on the official Jets podcast. Again, Jets Bears, Sunday, 1 p.m., Soldier Field. If you have questions that you want us to answer, tweet at EA, E. Allen Jets. You can tweet at me, E. Greenberg Jets. We'll answer your questions. In next week's pod or the next week's pod, and the more questions you give, the more questions we'll answer. Do you have anything else? Any parting words? No, but Darnold, to me, has always been able to bounce back, and, and he's got that level head, uh, level-headedness about himself, and I really like his temperament. So I'm very interested to see how he plays this weekend against a defense that has been up and down. But if Mack is raring to go, that's a big challenge. All right. Those are EA's parting words here on the official Jets podcast, but that's all we have and we'll see you next week.